You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slides a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round what's going on everybody welcome to another episode of the fantasy football roundtable podcast part of the pigskin podcast network you can find them at pigskinpod.net or sorry pigskinpodnet my goodness or you can search the hashtag tppn it is Wednesday. We are going to recap the Steelers-Colts game from Monday night. I will talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson, who is going to be making his return to the Cleveland Browns against the Houston Texans this Sunday. And then we will obviously preview the Thursday night game between the Bills and the Patriots. Matt Fox will be here shortly uh, joining me. I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into it. The Steelers get the job done, winning 24-17. to And it was a very interesting game. Obviously, the big thing here for the Steelers was Najee Harris, who after, I believe it was like 10 carries, gets injured in this game. There was, there was thoughts that it was going to be a hernia and he was going to be out for the season. I swear that dude has got to be some kind of Iron Man or something because every time he's about to get a serious injury, he ends up avoiding it. Uh, hours after the announcement that he's going to be out for the season, he ends up, then news comes out, Ian Rappaport, Adam Schefter come out and say, hey, he's actually not injured and going to miss the entire season. He's just, you know, going to be injured for a little bit. He's likely going to come back. So we're obviously hoping Najee Harris will be back soon. Last I saw, they were just saying that it's not a serious injury, at least not the groin injury that they thought it was going to be, or hernia, I'm sorry, not the hernia injury they thought it was going to be, likely is not going to miss the season. I actually have a funny story 
on that. Not really just funny. I'm sure other people have dealt with this and, and just as frustrated as I would be. Uh, so, hey, what's up? Imagine hey. you're not watching live. I'm not just like randomly reacting to nothing here I'm on the podcasting, obviously. How, how are we doing? Doing good. Uh, you know what? I, it looks like they're saying Najee is questionable and potential to play again this week. So, Yeah, that's what I was just talking about. The fact that, you know, the dude, I, this is like the second time this year that he's had a season-ending injury during the game. And then like hours later, it comes up. It's like, yeah, well, it's actually not that bad. And he's probably going to play. Like I was, I was saying the dude's got to be like related to superman or something like that uh, you just rub some dirt back. on it and yeah. you know he probably had benny snell going in a really vital fantasy league and he was like bro i need you hey, look points. good for him uh you know I'm, I'm proud of him for doing that so i was gonna tell i have a a quick nausea story just to kind of explain how so when i say this know that like i say it lovingly and i do love fantasy football but this is definitely one of these years that has not been great for your boy. So I've been, obviously, for those of you who don't follow me on Twitter, a massive, massive soccer fan, World Cup fan. So I've been very heavy into the World Cup, which up until two days ago had games kicking off at 4 a.m. my time. So I've been getting up with the games. Like, this happens every four years. We, we just don't get to see it as much. They've got, you know, different Gold Cup, Nation Leagues, the Euro Championships. But still, I like to watch those, all the games if I can. So I get up Thanksgiving morning, get ready to watch the game. And I'm like, oh, man, I got I to gotta remember to set the rest of my NFL lineups. I waited on a couple for waivers to run because I needed some IDPs in my home dynasty leagues. So, again, four. 34 40 something in the morning i'm going through not gonna lie still a little bit tired you know thanksgiving morning i'm thinking about food and all this other stuff and tired so i go in do my little things matt I, i'm using mfl for this league you i know you use mfl you're not a big fan of it but that, that's what i use for one of my home dynasty leagues so i go through clicking all the things cool good set my lineups good to go don't think anything of it right friday comes around and a bunch of us in our home dynasty league got together. Uh, we know a couple England fans, so we got together for the USA England game. We all got met up at this bar, and I'm talking to one of the guys, one of my good friends. Actually, for those of you who, who are on Twitter, Fantasy Sven, he met him actually met him through the dynasty community on Twitter. We met at the expo, um, and he ended up taking over a spot in, in this league that I've had running for about a decade uh, when a team bailed out a couple years ago. So we're joking about us playing each other in this matchup. And he's like, by the way, he's like, why did you start Naheem Hines? What are you talking about? I didn't start Naheem Hines. So he's like, yeah, you did. He got you like 0.3 points. No, no, no. What are, you, no, what are you talking about? I started Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, and Najee Harris. He's like, no, you started Naheem Hines. So I go in and look, and yep, sure enough, whether or not reading it correctly or fat fingering it, I did not click on Najee Harris. I clicked on Naheem Hines. I then proceeded to lose the number one seed that this week by losing by five points to my buddy Sven. Because <sighs> I started Naheem Hines and not Najee Harris. So that was my funny Najee Harris story. It's Which I was going to say, Najee may have gone out and missed the second half and Benny Snell gets No, he still got 10 points. But Harris still got a touchdown before yep. he pitched. Yeah, goal. I would have won. Yeah, I, I would have won. Yeah, that's that's the very frustrating part. You know, it's one of those things, too, where 
like arrogant Matt came out on Friday and I was like, oh, it's not going to matter. I'm still going to beat you. I've got a great team. And then uh, I ended up losing. He's got like the second to worst team. He's in her full rebuild beats me lose the top seed. So, I mean, you, you yeah. still have a couple of weeks to try to win it back, right? Yeah. I'm not as worried about that. I think it was just a culmination of that. And, and the team that I've, I know nobody likes to hear us talking about our fantasy teams. But I'm the last thing I promise that team that I've been complaining about being like the third highest scoring team. So this week uh, in that league where you, I had to get a win or I'm knocked out of the playoffs, put up 164.75 points going up against Josh Allen, Justin Jefferson. I can't remember who his running back was, but it was one of the top scoring running backs this week. So of course I sit DJ Moore because he hasn't been doing anything for, Darnell Mooney, who obviously goes out and gets injured, I believe, in the first quarter of that game in Chicago. At least you won't make that decision going forward because Mooney's no longer an option. Well, it won't matter because I lost by 2.1 points, effectively knocking me out of any shot of making the playoffs while still being (sighs) the third highest scoring team in the league. And I have 1,500 points scored against me in this league. The next closest is 1,360 Two hundred dollars down the drain, just down the drain. It's whatever. That's why I love fantasy football. It's great. It's great. Love. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait until my wife finds out about that, and we're gonna see just how much love there is for me in fantasy football. Anyways, let's call. Let's go back to the Steelers game. So, I was just talking a little bit about Najee Harris. Obviously, Benny Snell comes in, um, plays okay. Like, if Najee's out, we're not picking up Benny Snell, right? We've we've seen this experience. Well, before. so the question would be: Jalen Warren was out prior to that game and so missed time, but we've seen throughout the season that Jalen Warren is the one that gets uh, time, even when Najee has been available. So I think you would. I, I was laughing because in our in our you know in a several leagues people went and jumped on the the Benny Snell grenade and other people grabbed Jalen Warren it may not matter because Najee Harris seems like he's going to be like Aaron Rodgers and just say I'm I'm not letting anyone take my job I'm playing I might have a finger hanging off but I'm still playing but I I would be reticent to think that it's Benny Snell because Warren had jumped him on the depth chart before all this. Yeah, I, I am with you. If I had to choose between the two, if we get some kind of indicator before the game Sunday, obviously you're going to have to pick them up now. So make the move. I would take Warren as well if you could. And if he is ruled out, he would be the guy that I would roll on over Benny Snell. So I was going to say, we've um, seen the Snell thing before. It's just, it's not there. Let's just say if it's week 13 of the fantasy season and you have an important game and you're deciding between Benny Snell and Jalen Warren, you probably have other things going on in your life. And yeah, in your team. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been fighting for my life for the past six weeks. So I, I, I feel your pain if you are stuck with that. I'm praying that you get Jalen Warren. I'll put it like that. Matt, it was an interesting performance, though, for Kenny Pickett. Um, doesn't get a touchdown here. Doesn't throw an interception. But 20 of 28 for 174 yards. Is he getting better? Has this season shown us that maybe he's not quite as bad as we thought he was going to be after his first couple of games? I mean, I always thought it was going to be some growing pains. Let's be honest. The Steelers don't have the greatest offensive line, and that's actually been probably part of the woes for uh, Najee Harris as well because we've seen Najee Harris do pretty well 
as a runner. He's not finding a lot of openings. It's probably a lot to throw on Pickett. I like that he's developing good chemistry with George Pickens. I think the one that I'm most concerned about right now is Deontay Johnson, who I didn't even think, I don't think I even realized until Monday night when they were talking about him not having gotten a touchdown all year. And, you know, we going in, it seemed like, oh, he'll be fine. He feels quarterback proof. They moved on from Claypool and we're still not really seeing an improvement for Deontay Johnson. Pickens has gotten better. Najee Harris seems to be ticking up. Pat Fryermuth looks great. Um, so that's probably a little bit more of my concern. I don't really think the Steelers are going to be great this this year. They're they're four and seven. We all thought they were tracking toward a probably Mike Tomlin's first losing season. They're still a few steps away. I hope they invest in a line, um, but I think there's some potential for Kenny Pickett, and at least he's getting to play. We still don't know what we have in Desmond Ritter. We still don't know what we have in Matt Corral. I've probably seen enough Malik Willis for the year, but, um, you know, this quarterback class, we had a lot more questions than answers, and I don't know if we've gotten any answers to our questions. Yeah, I'm not ready to say that, like, I think he's going to be – solidified as their franchise quarterback, but I do feel that feel like he's played better than what we saw early on. And, and with that bad offensive line, I do think that is a, a good sign to see. I'm with you on Deontay. I, I roster him in a lot of places. I, I think he's a very talented wide receiver. Maybe it's just a little bit of him getting used to Kenny Pickett. I mean, obviously Pickens was with that second team, when we get into all the preseason stuff and all the camp situations. So he's going to have some kind of, you would think, connection and some chemistry with Pickett, them both being on the second team at the time with Mitch Trubisky was the starter. You know, Deontay hasn't been horrible. He's been right around 7 to 10 points every single week. He's had two two games where he was like at 3 points and 4 points. But the rest of that, he's been at 7 to 10, which is not what you wanted from him when you draft him, but at least he's not been like DJ Moore where he's getting you like two points and then has a couple 20 point weeks. Like he's getting you roughly close to 10 points a week, but obviously we want to see more of that. And I think a lot of that comes from, as you just mentioned, he's not getting touchdowns. Like if he was getting touchdowns mixed in here and there, but he's getting you 16 points a week roughly. So that's not a bad thing. I also, you know, a big part of what made him successful with big Ben was he got an incredible amount of volume. Claypool yeah. used, you know, managed to make enough big plays and things to to make it work. But Deontay and Juju were getting incredible volume from Big Ben. And, you know, you can't necessarily assume that always carries forward. I think the other big question that that is looming over the Steelers is there's been a lot of questions about Matt Canada as an offensive play yeah. caller. And, you know changing systems over the offseason wouldn't be that big of a shock. They have a lot of good skill position players. If they can beef up that line, I think there's enough around Kenny Pickett that he can be successful. I don't think he looks that much worse than what Ben was as a rookie. No, not at all. And, and the Matt Canada thing, I think, is actually the big thing we need to look at when it comes to Deontay, because whether it was Big Ben or Canada – Deontay was the guy that they fed in a lot of situations. And we talked a lot about that. I felt like it was a little bit of Ben because he just seemed like whenever he was in any kind of trouble, just quick out, just get it to Deontay and then he'll do whatever with it. If Kenny Pickett and him don't develop that kind of chemistry, that is going to hurt Deontay moving forward. And so we may see another kind of 
whether you want to call it quote unquote rough year for him or however you want to put it next year as well. He did sign that two year extension. So he can, I believe get out after next season, but like, I don't know where he would go. Matt Canada moving on. Like I thought that was probably some of my, where some of my hope came from with him still producing. I mean, I still think he's a very good wide receiver, but as we've seen with a lot of players, when you take that volume away, like it really comes down to touchdowns and, and Deontay's not getting them. And, and so I'm not I'm not fading him. I don't think he's a bad wide receiver, but at this point, I think we should probably adjust our expectations to as as much as this sucks to say. He's probably more of like a wide receiver three flex option at this point. Like he he's just not going to be up in that area. And we'll see what happens going into next year. I still think that he's got a shot to be a very good wide receiver, though moving forward. Football fans, so the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Much like my redraft league where this was kind of my last gasp, my last hurrah to make the playoff race, um, which I failed at, did Jeff Saturday and the Colts also fail in their last hurrah to make the playoffs? Yeah, because I don't see more than one team coming out of the AFC South, and not only are they three and a half games back of the Titans, they got swept by the Titans, so you lose that that tiebreaker, you'd actually have to get ahead of the Titans by game. It's not happening. And I just don't see a wildcard team in the AFC having less than 10 wins. Everyone in the, um, in the AFC East already has six or more wins. You have two seven-win teams in the North. You have two teams competing in the West. They're not they are one of the late buys. They have a buy next week. So they've actually already played 12 games and only have eight, four victories. They're not getting in yeah uh, i don't think they deserve to be in either even if they had won this game they've just not been a good team this year with, with everything going on um they will be definitely one of the teams we'll probably have to focus in a lot on this offseason with probable new coaching I, I would imagine jeff saturday doesn't keep this job we'll see i mean they haven't played horrible behind him but you know, they can't really get out under of, of Matt Ryan at the moment. So he hasn't been horrible either, in, in fairness to him. He was not great Monday night, but, you know, he, he wasn't. Last week, I thought he was decent. This week, he was just okay. They have fed Jonathan Taylor, so I am a big fan of that. Uh, and he's, he's been okay still, I think, dealing a little bit with an injury as well. But, hey, Michael Pittman, too. Michael Pittman had a fairly good game this week. The Colts are, are a tough case because they're one of those teams that – they're on the bubble of whether they can make a couple of moves and get back in the hunt or whether they really need to look at trying to 
do a youth movement and rebuild. And I think a lot of that question is probably going to come down to what happens at the GM position because Frank Reich's gone. I wouldn't think Ballard is too far behind him. Yeah, I, I would not either. As crazy as that is to say, I mean, two years ago, if you were to say that the that Ballard and, and Reich would be gone from the Colts, I think that would, well, I mean, I would have liked to have been kind of calling for Frank Reich with his confusing play calls and, and personnel decisions for a while, but Ballard has been kind of highly regarded as a very good GM for the past couple of years, so I don't think many would have seen, or that many would have been surprised to hear him likely on his way out couple big news items here before we get into the Thursday night football game. Uh, obviously, a lot surrounding the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson's return. He will be starting this weekend in Houston. Uh, they released Joshua Dobbs, I believe it was yesterday, to make room for him on the roster. I, I, I don't really – I mean, we can talk about some of the off-field stuff going on. I, I don't – I feel like we've kind of – talked a lot about that in the offseason yeah. i mean just do you have any expectations for watson or this offense with him coming back so i think we need to focus on what the game situation is going to be and they're in houston so that was already going to be emotional no matter what whenever we see players go back against their former team and we've actually seen this year in particular players going back particularly quarterbacks going back to play their former team in their former team stadium has been a real poor experience for the guy going to a new place. You know, I don't want to rehash the off season, but we do know Tony Busby, the attorney has yeah. said he's bringing all of his clients there. So, you know, that's just going to gin up the atmosphere. We saw in Watson's lone preseason appearance, some colorful responses from a Jacksonville crowd that seemed to take a little bit of a mental toll. Also, it's been 700 days since he started a game. I think the thought that he's going to roll out and look like a top five quarterback right away on a new team in a new system with a new coach with players he's never played with was folly to begin with. And personally, if you were to say, what is the one thing you should do against the Texans? You ignore what the Miami Dolphins did last week and you run the, I, they should run the ball 50 times with Chubb and Hunt because the Texans rush defense is abysmal and I think they can just grind out a victory I think that would be the best way to ease Watson back in they should give him some friendly throws um, you know try to get him on his feet because honestly if they want to make any kind of run and I, I think they probably like the Colts are a little far out of it they have some killer games coming up back to back against the Ravens and Bengals. This is a game where you got to try to ease them in, lean on your run game. Nick Chubb has been one of the best running backs in football all year. Yeah, I, that is exactly what I expect to happen is they're going to rely on Chubb and Hunt for the most part. Maybe if you're able to get some kind of lead here, you start to open up the offense a little bit to kind of allow Watson to throw back into it. As weird as it is to say, they are technically still in the playoff race. I believe they probably have to go undefeated, though, the rest of the year, which I don't think that they do. They do have some tough matchups coming up. But I'm with you. Like I, I just want to see what the offense looks like. I mean, the defense for the Browns has been a massive disappointment, I think is the fair statement to say there. Uh, there's obviously a lot of Browns fans calling for Kevin Stefanski already three years after he got the job and led him into the playoffs. Uh, 
it's just been a weird year for the Browns, and and I, I don't um, I don't think that they will make the playoffs. But if Watson is, you know, say they've got the Saints, the Commanders, and the Steelers as their last three games, you know, if he's just able to come out in those three games and start showing flashes of what he used to be, then I think there will be a lot of optimism heading in to the offseason for the Browns. But I'm with you; like, I'm not expecting him to have a great game this weekend. In fact, uh, at this point in a super flex league, if you're in the playoff hunt, chances are you've made it with two decent options at quarterback and hoping Watson makes it back. I still think I'm leaving Watson on my bench and probably for the rest of this year, at least until he shows me something before I'm willing to put him back in the lineup. Yeah. Maybe around week 15, 16, they have some, more winnable games um you know i think they have a matchup with the steelers and their uh the saints those are teams that have struggled but still have decent defenses but i'm i'm with you i've seen people like oh watson's back i put him in my super flex lineup i'm not yeah i i would be hesitant to, to do that as well speaking of the browns another former brown looking to sign somewhere and that is odell beckham jr who i feel like is being rumored to sign with like eight different teams uh, it's likely i guess gonna happen at some point i thought he was gonna sign i mean like it was supposed to be November. before thanksgiving and then it should be the week after thanksgiving we're rapidly losing the week after thanksgiving yeah um yeah uh, i mean does it matter um, I think it might matter. We saw he made a – the question is that no one can answer is how healthy is OBJ. When he got into the right situation, he was killer for the Rams down the stretch. I would argue that that's what was the final piece they needed for their Super Bowl push. And even in the Super Bowl before he got injured, he was driving that offense when they were having trouble getting anything else going. I think he ends up in Dallas – the question I always have is like personalities, but you know, OBJ has played in the NFC East. He'd be pretty motivated going against the giants. He'd be super motivated going up against the Eagles and Dallas needs a little bit more, probably fire. I like Schultz. Um, and I like CD lamb's got a great talent. I like what Pollard's done. They could use a little more personality. Typically you've had kind of one of those big outsized personalities. And while they have quality receivers, they don't have that like Des Bryant that's going to go out there and add a little bit of showmanship. And we've seen OBJ do that. And it, you know, I thought that actually sparked the Rams too, having a guy that yeah. was yeah. that was getting going. So I think personality and locker room wise, he could be a boost. I mean, I wouldn't hate the fit for him to go to Dallas. They definitely need a guy who, if he is healthy and can play even close to what he was at the end of the year last year with the Rams, he is still a playmaker. Like he still has that in his game. For fantasy, I, I wouldn't trust playing him at all. I just, I just don't see how you can. We're so close to the end of the year. Like, I know that even if he were to come out, like, say he signs with Dallas on Saturday, and they're like, hey, he's obviously not playing tomorrow, but we're going to have him ready by next week. Like, even if he were to come out and tell you he's 100% healthy, like, all you hear all the time from NFL players, it takes a game or two to get into NFL game shape. And all that stuff, like, at that point, what are you looking at? It's already week 14, 15. Like, I don't know that you can really trust playing him in your semifinals and championship matchups. Like, I guess if you want a dart throw, maybe. I, I think 
The big thing will be if he does sign with Dallas, I want to see if it's a multi-year deal because I think this could be a much better thing for the Dallas Cowboys NFL team than necessarily your fantasy team. Like he may bring you some impact in next year, but at this point, I, I would it'd be very hard for me to trust putting him in my lineup at all moving forward. It, no matter where he signs, even even well, Green Bay's out of it. I doubt he goes there. Even if he were to sign with Kansas City, like I would still be like, I don't know that I'm going to put him in my lineup, even though he went to the Chiefs. I wouldn't for the Giants either, to be honest. I, yeah. I get uh, that would be a sweet NFL story, but yeah, it, it's uh, not been pretty after the way that it started out. All right, let's talk a little about this Thursday night football game, which, um, you know, we'll hope for the best, uh, but it is the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. For the Bills here, Vaughn Miller, Mitch Morris, AJ Espinessa. George, or I'm sorry, Greg Russo and Tremaine Edmonds are all out here for the Bills. What are we expecting from Josh Allen in this game, who I feel like ever since the announcement of that first week with the elbow injury has gotten a little bit better every single week and seems to be getting back closer to the Josh Allen we knew and loved from earlier this season. Yeah, and I think he's looked uh, pretty decent um, of late. The The big concern, you know, is typical Bill Belichick is they take away your, you know, best offensive option. And for the Bills, it really is Josh Allen. I would expect they're going to try to cover as best they can. He has a lot of weapons. They're also probably going to try to bottle him up. I think that puts a little more pressure on the run game, which has been better of late and has some options. But I expect Allen to go out there and make a few plays. The Bills are in actually a really awkward position because they lost to the Dolphins and they lost to the Jets. They're currently 0-2 in their own division. They cannot really afford to lose any more AFC East games. Yeah, I mean, they're realistically in a very vital stretch of their season. They have the pay, they're at the Patriots this Thursday, next week at home against the Jets, who you mentioned they already lost to. And then they're back home again versus the Dolphins, who they already lost to. That could be a huge stretch for them to possibly take the lead back in this division if they're able to beat Miami, as those are both sitting at eight and three. Because honestly, I think after that, they get the Bears, Bengals, Bears, Bengals, Patriots, which should be three more winnable games. So if they're able to reclaim the division the next three weeks, I think there's a good shot they go back to at least being the the winner of the AFC East. I don't know that they're ever going to really be able to get back. Unfortunately, to that number one seed they lost a couple of weeks ago. But even winning well, their division would go a long way. Actually, given the way Week 13 lines up, they have a tremendous opportunity. It has to start with winning on Thursday night because Miami is at San Francisco, which is a huge challenge. Kansas City yeah. is at Cincinnati, who snake bit them twice last year, and Chase is lining up to come back. So there is a reasonable shot that the Bills, since they've already beaten the Chiefs, could at the end of Sunday find themselves back as the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, the, the worst part about it is I was looking at this earlier. It's like the Bengals are the real only test the Chiefs have left. So, like, they need the Bengals to get them. I mean, look. look the they get two games that, against the Broncos. And then when they put know, Melvin Gordon out on the field for them, they're going to have three fumbles a game to overcome. That is true. That is true. We, we'll see. I mean, well, the big question will be after the three fumbles, will Russell Wilson be able to get them more than three points on those drives? I think that's uh, – Things are not looking pretty there. We'll, we'll have to talk you about that at some point. So. Pat Sertan's been talking to the boys. They're just going to start doing it themselves. 
I wouldn't blame them. The best defense in the NFL, arguably. So, unfortunately, they're doing as much as they can. It it really seems to be falling on the offensive side of things, obviously. For the Patriots side here, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, David Andrews, and Isaiah Winner, all questionable. What do the Patriots need from Mac Jones to win this game against the Bills? Yeah, you know, they didn't ultimately win on Thanksgiving, but I thought Mac Jones played pretty well and put them in a position to compete with a high-octane offense in the Minnesota Vikings. They need that again. Um, You know, we're not that far removed from a game where Mac Jones got the hook for Bailey Zappi. Um, I think he's bounced back pretty well. He still seems like a pretty steady and solid uh, performer. I think losing potentially if Jacoby Myers ends up not being able to go, that would be a pretty big blow um, to the Patriots. They also need to to lean on Ramondre Stevenson. He's been a big part of the receiving game. Jones needs to get some of these receivers going again. It was nice to see him getting something going with Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry was a great weapon for him last year and was a real difference maker that's sort of been lost this season. But I I thought for the first time in a while, the performance we saw from Mac Jones on Thanksgiving was pretty encouraging. And this is actually one of the rare circumstances where you have two teams playing on Thursday night football who are coming off a full week of rest because both these teams played last Thursday for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I felt like Mac Jones played fairly well as well on Thanksgiving. What's going to be very interesting for Mac moving forward is obviously there's a lot of rumors that Tom Brady might be coming back to the Patriots in the offseason. And what that might mean for Mac Jones, but for right now, he can only control what's in front of him. And I do think that he played well earlier this year, too, before the injury. So it's definitely not an easy defense to go. Bad news for him. They have now downgraded Isaiah Wynn and Damian Harris to out. I mean, Ramondre's been really good. I, Damian Harris, I wouldn't. The win part. Isaiah Wynn, yeah. Yeah, that's bad. It's, uh, not great. Not great, not Bob. Great. Not yeah. great. Uh, Damian Harris well, part, you know. is. And that's great. the hard thing because Ramondre's been probably the steadiest part of their offense, but the Bills' rush defense has probably been the best part of their defensive attack. They were pretty – solid against Detroit too. So yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a fun game. Might be a lower scoring game. Oh yeah. It will definitely be a low, at least for one team. I don't imagine that the Patriots are going to put up a ton of points. They need to get maximum weapons. That's, that's kind of been, I mean, you hate to say it, it's kind of been the argument we've been making for them needing to help Brady out for years outside of the Randy Moss years. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's, Will be intriguing to see what the Patriots do, nonetheless. But I think Matt can go out there and have a decent game. Unfortunately, we're not really starting him in super flex leagues. At least if you are, you're not expecting more than like a low end QB two day for him. So, with that being said, taking the Bills to win the game Thursday night. Who are you picking? Yeah, Dennis also took the Bills, and, and I'm taking the Bills too. I mean, we're sweeping it, but I still think it's going to be a somewhat close and competitive game. Yeah, I, I don't expect the Bills to blow them out, but I not I think a Cowboys Vikings situation. I don't even want to talk about that game. Yeah, no. It was I don't. What a year! Kirk Cousins get gives you negative points at home on a Sunday, and then looks like superhero on a primetime game on a Thursday when he's usually primetime kryptonite. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, Kirk Cousins. Plays like crap, yet Justin Jefferson's still able to go off for like almost 30 points. It was uh, 
you know, you know, it is what it is. I'm not bitter about how my fantasy season's going at all. Not at all. That will, though, do it for us today. Uh, Dennis and myself will be back on Friday. We will recap this game and preview the rest of the week 13. Week 13 slate. Golly, it's already lucky week 13. My goodness. Uh, for some, not for me, but yeah, we will definitely preview the lucky week 13 NFL slate for you guys. Uh, everybody have yourselves a great day and we will talk to you guys again soon. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the point of line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>